Welcome to The Blueprint, a podcast for you and your life as a professional. The people I have conversations with don't have to be famous. They have to be making a living doing what they do. My goal is to get you the information you need to make real decisions, start a career, change a career, get your money right and get a handle on your operations. This is a career day in a box podcast. I am Philip Llanos, and maybe this is the blueprint for you. Luciana Rosenberg is a fashion designer and entrepreneur based out of New York City. Originally from Argentina, she moved to New York in 2015 to attend the Fashion Institute of Technology. After graduating, Luciana began working as a designer at hot couture brands such as Zach Posen, Marchesa, and Taya. During that time, she had the opportunity to dress numerous celebrities with many of her designs featured in multiple fashion and celebrity news publications. As a recent member of the Female Founders Collective, Luciana is the founder and creative director at Nissan. From a very young age, she was emerged in an artistic and aesthetic world due to her parents' career as architects. As a designer, she often incorporates modern architectural forms and functions in her work as an homage to her home and upbringing. Luciana believes in the power of education and its ability to impact one's life. She is committed to helping younger women around the world obtain a quality education. Her belief is that when women come together and empower each other, nothing is impossible. Welcome to the show, Luciana. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. No, I'm really excited. You know, um, I don't get often the chance to have women on the show. It's it's not something I'm proud of. I want to have more. And I couldn't have had more luck talking to a boss lady like yourself who has started her own brand. And the story about it is really interesting. And I want you to get into how it is you decided to go down this path. Uh, and I know that people who are listening are going to learn a lot from you. So thank you, first of all, for stopping by. No, well, this is an honor then. And I hope I I do it <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> to tell you a little bit about me, because everyone is going to probably hear an accent. I wonder where is she from? So I'm actually Argentinian. Um, I've been in New York for the past six years, but previous that I was in Australia and I was in England. So I kind of like been everywhere. I left home a very, very long time ago. And why I'm telling you this is because like the first time that I left Argentina, um, I was 17 years old and I went to live in Sydney, Australia for my last year of high school. And wow. um, that's where I, I come from a very small town in the north of Argentina. So Sydney was actually my very first experience in a big city, um, just experiencing everything that a big city like Sydney has uh, culturally and um, geographic, like everything, you know, it's like I was meeting people from all over the world and it kind of like opened my eyes. And I already knew that I wanted to study fashion, but I think that Sydney was the first step for me to knowing that like it wasn't going to be enough from where I was, that I wanted like the big thing. Like I wanted to be in the best place possible and just like start my own business. I, I never actually had the dream to work for someone else. So as soon as I got back to Sydney and I went back to Argentina, every single step since that first um, abroad experience was to get to a place where I'm here today. So it took I see. 13 years, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> so wow. nothing happens from, you know, from Overnight, one day to another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, first of all, congratulations on being able to realize your vision. You know, not everyone can say that. And I think that's why you're the perfect guest for this show, because there are some people who grow up uh, all over the world, such as yourself. And then there are people who still live in the States and still don't know how they can get started in anything that they're doing. So the fact that you not only come from somewhere else, went abroad, still found your passion and then decided. Now, I have to ask, is fashion something that anybody can do or is there sort of a... Um, like, of course you can learn things, but is there is there a sort of a gift to it in your opinion, just to get it out of the way right now? To be honest, I don't think so. I don't even think I really needed to go to school for it. Wow. I, I, I know that, that that's a big statement to say, but for example, in my case, I've never designed handbags, which is the company that I founded four months ago. I, I, design, I have accessories and handbags and I literally founded a business with something that I've never designed before. I never worked with leather before. I did never work with anything. So it was just me and my ideas and just like what, what did help me is that I am really good sketching, but I, that's also because I went to fine arts before. So mm. maybe if I wouldn't have been to fashion school, it wouldn't have helped. Obviously you get information that is valuable. You, you understand how, you know, how to, how, you transform concept to an actual collection, for example, it's something that is helpful, but I don't think that you actually have to go to fashion school. To learn that. To learn that, no. Uh, it's, not like, it's not like architecture in the sense that like, okay, you can, you know, a house can just break down, you know, if like if you didn't do it correctly. Um, you can always find other people to do some stuff for you. So no, I don't think you really need to go to school for that. And plus I want to add something like I I'm like I love reading um biographies and then like about like how other designers made it. And there are so many that never went to school for it. And they were either architects or were they were kind of like in the arts world, but not necessarily fashion designers. I see. So sketching definitely helps <laughs> if you're good Sketch, with the pen. Yeah. Yes, it does help a lot because that's how you basically um, show your ideas to the people that are going to be right. making it for you. Right. So if you don't really know how to express it, it's kind of difficult. But again, it's something that you can also outsource. Right. Um, you know, right. like you don't need to do it yourself. As long as you can describe someone else and someone else can draw it for you. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, before we go any further, Nesant is the name of your company. Is that did I yes. say that right? Yes. Okay. Nesant. Okay. What's the origin behind the name? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I have a cool story. So, uh, Nesant is a is a uh, French word, and probably you had been living in New York, so you know about like all the Met exhibitions every year. So yeah. they are really cool. And and one of those a few years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, was uh, Man versus Machina. Um, okay. in, and ma and in the book of that Man versus Machina that I bought uh, after I saw the exhibition, I, I was like scrolling through it. And there is like, they were basically telling you what used to be... Um, the traditional ways of doing couture and how they are doing it today in like the 21st century. And I was right. reading through it and there was like this person or this role within the ateliers in, in, in Paris that it was the person that it would be bringing newness to the atelier, like new techniques or new ways of doing stuff. And that person was called the Atelier Nesson. 
And I love the idea about how something that has been there for hundreds of years would be the person that would be bringing newness to the techniques and how to do stuff. And my collection of handbags is basically a completely new concept about how we perceive handbags. What we know until now is that you know, it's just a thing where you put stuff and you carry with you and that's it. And like, we had been doing that for hundreds of years, but I really saw that there was a niche that no one was really seeing that it's, it started a few years ago already, but it's going to continue and it's going to continue evolving, which is like functionality and how we, as, as, as people are not considering you know fashion anymore, they, oh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And you will just deal with it. Like people are looking for something that is versatile that they can use in different ways and they are not just going to spend thousands of dollars and it's just going to sit there because you can use it where it wants so that's how it started like looking into okay why can i and, and then there were a few functional stuff but the functional stuff were really either masculine or not really stylish so like I'm a big pro about functionality and I couldn't find anything in the market that actually I wanted to wear. It was very masculine. It was made out of nylon. It was like, mm. right. So I basically kind of like combined style with functionality and I took it a little bit further. And basically the whole collection of my handbags is a collection of small accessories and bags that you can basically mix and match. And each customer can arm and disarm, construct and deconstruct um, wow. the sets according to whatever throughout their day, daily activities, you know? So it's it's basically you you buy three things, for example, and you can wear it in six different ways. So my whole idea is like, or even when you travel and you want to downsize, you know, you just carry one bag and like two little accessories and then you have so many ways of wearing it. Um, so so yeah, that's, that's my fun. I, I'm bringing the newness into the yeah. handbag and accessories world. <laughs> I that's amazing because it, it's definitely one of those things where you don't give that kind of thought and it's if nobody's serving it and there's a need in the market it's it's so cool that you've done that now uh, bringing it back to the uh now that we understand you know the nature of your business the origin right and the concept behind your line and the fact that you have an opinion where like yeah I went to school you know I probably didn't have to but I did right um what were your expectations going into school? Did you think they were going to actually teach you step by step and that's not what happened? Because uh, I, I think in New York, did you go to school in New York or where, where did you? Uh, so I did my bachelor's in Argentina and then I came to okay. New York to study business. So I have okay. both. Okay. Ah, so you studied business. Okay. I'm like those students that stay at school for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm those ones. And now if I look back, I'm like, I think I was scared of actually doing stuff. Like I thought I needed the knowledge behind it. And now I, I see. don't really think that way. So starting before you're ready might be something you just need to do. You just need to get in there and start. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's I mean, valuable. I, I also had a particular situation because since I'm foreign, I needed to go to school in order to be able to work in the U.S. Visa, right, right, right. Visa, so I didn't actually have an option, but I chose anyways to like, you know, go back two years at FIT, you know, the Fashion Institute of Technology. I um, remember, yeah, I've been there, yeah. yeah. I forget what, what exhibition was there. I think there was like a Vivian Westwood exhibition or something. Yeah, there. they have a really extensive museum, really cool. Yeah, I, I went there just as it was the thing to do. I was like, I need to yeah. learn the city. <laughs> I want to say three, four years back, maybe. I'm not sure exactly when that was. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Okay, so 
So, because I have some friends who they used to just start their own little events. I don't think they went to fashion school. I think they went to like music school. But then they would invite those people over. Now, do you do you do you like develop events around it? Is that how you start marketing your things, or uh, have you have you been focusing more on like digital leveraging, like social media and things like that? Okay, so that's that's a very tricky question that I would have answered differently if we wouldn't have had COVID. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, so basically in my mind, before COVID, when I was thinking about Nesant, I had this whole marketing plan. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not going to fall into just doing online ads. I'm going to do organic. I wanted to partner with so many with so many female empowerment organizations, like, you know, the crew and like all these other like female founders collective, all these things that were happening right before COVID. And it was so cool, you know, so so many women getting together in different um, setups where like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna organize events. I'm gonna organize talks. And I knew exactly who I wanted to talk to. And I was like, okay, this person is going to be interested in going to this event. And then I was like, Nissan can sponsor it. And then Nissan can give, you know, like after the event, we can give away like a bag or something. And then I had all these like other networks of women that I was going to be utilizing for my marketing. But then COVID happened and all that marketing just became useless. All the the plan that I've been doing for a year and a half before became just a piece of paper that I could not do anything with it. So I actually had to take a step back. And in the same way, I could have been like, oh, well, it's not the right time Then I'm just going to wait and keep and, you know, until the world goes back to normal. But I was like, you know what? I would never have the time to do it before. So I, I ended up launching anyways. And I have to say that now after... We're talking about six months now since I launched. I think I said four months or five, but I, I keep losing track of time. But now that New, that New York and the U.S. is starting to open up, I think now I'm going to utilize all those marketing efforts that I wanted. But yeah. I am a, I am actually having an event in the next four weeks at a store in Soho, which is where my handbags are now since starting Saturday. I, this boutique has all my products. So I'm going to have a launch uh, event, even though it's like six months after I actually launched it, but that's going to be my first thing into, you know, and socializing people being able to go and touch the bags. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see what I can do about reaching out to the people I know in New York to, uh, to attend, to just fill the room if it yeah. makes sense. Maybe some photographers that I know, journalists or whatever. Um, that'll be cool. Uh, so yeah, you had a marketing plan and then the pandemic happened. Now, yeah. that that's interesting because, so you go to school, you, you have these experiences, you launch your brand. If you had to look back on when you were first starting your journey, of all the things that you did, Looking back, is there a straighter path than the one that you took, which was up and down and left and right and discovering and making mistakes? Or do you think the mistakes are essential in order to be able to appreciate where you are now? You know, it's the mistakes I think that at the end of the day are kind of like essential because people can tell you a few things. I know for a fact that I was stubborn in one of the things that I kept hearing over and over from people. A lot of people to in this path to launch your own company, whether it's you know retail or software or whatever, 
they keep telling you do not wait until it's perfect do not wait until it's perfect just do it and then you you can change it over time i could not grasp grasp that idea i was like no it has to look good because i was like fashion is a lot about image and like i needed to i wanted to be really proud of what i was showing to people and I spent so much of my money on that that now I'm looking back and I'm like, I already need to do a new campaign because it, you know, it's getting old already after six months. And I'm like, I spent so much money and probably a few thousands saw that, right? And this is something that people over and over repeated it to me. So sometimes it's like, you can't listen to some people to whatever they say, but if you don't experience it yourself, you might still want to do it your way because you think that maybe your case is different. Um, I think that you will always make mistakes no matter what. No matter what you do, you're gonna make mistakes. The, the important thing is how, and I know this sounds very cliche, but it's true. It's like how you see those mistakes and how you react to those. Like understand that there will be mistakes that you're going to make not only in starting a startup but in your life in your career like the career that you choose like anything anything I wasted three years of my life doing fine arts and then I went back and I went I, and I went to fashion and I went for four years and then I came to the U.S. and I did two more years like literally if you combine I could be a doctor today with the amount of years that I was at school <laughs> and at some point I felt a little bit old I have to say to be at fashion school with in New York with some girls that were 20 years old and I was 25 already you know and and I felt like I was advanced but and and, no advanced but I mean like too um I don't know I I didn't feel it didn't feel like I faded so many times but at the same time my drive for example allowed me to I was a really good student at FIT and I got so much out of my network with my professors, for example. Ah. So I always look at it and I'm like, well, maybe a 20 year old didn't see that, that, that I was important. And since I knew I, what I had in my mind, I was like, I need to talk to these people. These people need to remember me. And like, it's, it's still today that I email with my professors, you know, and they remember who I am and like, they, they, give, me, they give me a hand. So going back to your original question, I think there are shorter ways to do what I've done. 100 percent uh but i don't regret anything because every single step of the way had given me something that i can take out so i don't think anyone should ever regret about like or or say that it's too late or any of that because something of what you have done before is going to help you with something else that's coming wow thank you for being so honest yeah i can see how uh how valuable it would have been to have your experience and your background in school Whereas someone who's 20 is probably just doing it so their parents get off their back or whatever. Oh, I'm going to school or whatever. But no, you were there with a mission and a purpose. And and I, w- I have to wonder, you know, anybody listening, they can ask a million questions about fashion and this and that. But I, I'm finding as I talk to you that your mindset is what's allowed you to, to move forward and actually launch and actually have people responding to your collection and what you're doing. Uh, and so I have to ask, do you have a routine in the morning that like you, you approach things like, do you read industry trade, uh, magazines or blogs? Do you you drink coffee at seven and work out at eight or like, how do you, how do you stay in tip top shape for the fashion industry mentally, physically, spiritually? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Some weeks I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. And some weeks I feel like, oh my God, I'm on fire. 
today it's Monday and it's already to a great start. But some weeks are not like that. I unfortunately I'm not good with routines. I get bored easily, but I do have something that I think it's been helping me a lot, which is that I do write every morning the three things that I need to accomplish that day. And I used to be the person that would be having 15 things to accomplish in one day, completely an overachiever always since I've been five years old. And I was like, no, because every single day I would look at that list and be like, I did only five of those 15 and I would feel bad about myself. So now I'm like, I'm not going to push my push myself into something that I know it's not possible. And I'm just like, I'm just going to put the three that are the most important. And actually there is a chart, which is um, urgent, not urgent, important, non-important. And it's like it divided in four. And you basically put stuff that are maybe urgent, but not as important and things that are, you know, not urgent, but are important. So you kind of like measure that way, what are, what are like your um, priorities for the day or for that week. So that's something that I do all the time. And I love mornings. And I usually take the mornings for myself. I work much better at night when it's 10 p.m. than at 10 a.m. So I actually don't do much until, and, and why, why I said that Monday today was like a great day because I started working at seven and I, I'm still working today. So I'm a very surprised about myself right now. <laughs> but I usually work so well at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Last night I went to sleep at 3 a.m. So it, it has its weeks. I have to say that the entrepreneur or the solo founder situation it's not easy and sometimes sucks. I want yeah. to be honest. Sometimes sucks. Like it's bad, bad, like bad. <laughs> when people yeah. is like, yeah, it's hard. It's like, it's really hard because you have no idea about what you're doing and you don't have anyone else to talk to about it. And I mean, yeah, I have my network, but there are day-to-day tasks that I'm in my apartment and I don't have a co-founder. So everything relies on me. And if I, miss, I make a mistake, it's on me. And if everything goes well, I don't have anyone to hug or high five with until right. I, you know, until I see a friend like two days after. So sometimes it sucks, but sometimes it's great. And it's everything is about keeping, I think, a, a balance and also like a mindset of, Today is going to suck. Tomorrow is going to be better. And then it's just going to get better. You just need to push through the hard days. Those are the ones, once you push through those, if you let those days to knock you down and you won't stand up, then that's when your startup or whatever you're trying to accomplish is going to end. You just wow. need to keep pushing. No, I really respect the honesty. I know, I know how that feels. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people who are like CEOs and founders uh, for podcasting, right? And a lot of their shows talk about that whole, like, nobody understands. Even when you have interns and employees, they still won't understand. Uh, It it is a lonely and difficult road uh, to be a leader. And that's what you are. Mm -hmm. And um, and, uh, I, I hope that anybody listening understands that. And if they decide to take courage and start something of their own, that they know that the network and being in touch with people and maybe even reaching out to you might yeah. be a thing uh, to work together with people. That being said, are you are you looking for interns while, while the conversation is on I that am. topic? 
I am okay. um, 100%. Actually, I was just in touch with FIT because I'm looking uh, for marketing interns right now that could help me with a load of the social media that takes so much time. Yeah. Um, and product development as well is something that I'm, I'm very on top of that. I consider myself not only the founder, the CEO, but the product development manager because that's my thing. That's what I really know. Um, so I, I need some help, but I would be, what I would like from that is like, the intern that is going to be with me, she's going to, she or he is going to learn a lot out of me, but sometimes on the daily task, it will be, it will be great. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. Now, uh, so to some of the more logistical things, uh, if somebody, if somebody did want to start their own fashion thing, whatever it may be, maybe clothing, you know, jeans, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, just shirts, um, whatever, it could be accessories like the, like the, the nature of what you're doing. Uh, should they go the, uh, let's say they don't have to go to school because that's its own thing and it's pretty self-explanatory. Should they go like the small business loan route? Should they try to get a friends and family loan or, or, uh, should they raise money on like a GoFundMe? What do you think in your experience has been the best decision or should they just have a job and try to make it work with the extra money they have? So I actually had two paths. Um, one was a friends and family round, and then I wanted to do Kickstarter. Um, and at the moment, and I wouldn't suggest really the business loan because they wouldn't give you, if you don't have anything to show them, sometimes they ask to have like six months already in business, or if you have employees. So I wouldn't do that. Um, unless you can get, I don't know, unless you can get some type of loan for a bank, but I wouldn't suggest like the one from the government, at least I tried getting that and, and it didn't work for the requirements that they had. But I think Kickstarter is a great platform. Um, I think it's it's very good for a lot of type of products, particularly mine wasn't great just because um, it's very fashionable and the people who probably were going to be buying my products weren't on Kickstarter. I think that um, you know, the public there, it's a slightly different, but I think it's a great opportunity. You just need one sample and you put it there and then you can get all the funds that you need. In my case, I actually been saving for many, many years. So in my case, it was a little bit of friends and family, but the majority is my own money. So I'm bootstrapping. Wow. That's the added stress. You know? like, yeah, yeah, that's so, the stress for sure. Yeah. So basically when I moved to New York and my, you know, that everyone says, with your first paycheck, just get something for yourself. You know, it's like, you know, you're getting yourself a gift. I never did. <laughs> and I was like, since I got my first check, 50% of that check has been going to my savings account. Oh, and wow. I'm really up, good yeah. at saving. I'm really good at saving. So I, I had, you know, a good chunk of money there and I put it almost all in my business. So that was wow. my choice. I have to say that if you, if you can get a friends and family, it would be the, the prefer route or Kickstarter. Um, just make sure that if you go to like a fund me or Kickstarter or something like that, you have already kind of like the supply chain um, figured out because right. you, you, you don't want to mess up with your first customers. Um, I've seen many people complaining about many uh, Kickstarter um, uh, companies and stuff. So it's like, you don't want to mess up with those people, especially because they are supporting you from day one. So just wow. make sure that you have that done. And you read my mind. I was going to ask, you know, like the development of the supply chain is probably the most important thing in starting any kind of product, especially in fashion. 
Yes, supply chain in any hardware product um, or CPG, consumer packed goods. Extremely important. And it's something we dedicated at that incubator that I mentioned, we dedicated like at least three classes with like bringing people to talk there and explain how they got, you know, to partner with the factories because the factories at the end of the day, they need to trust you as a founder. They need to, uh, you know, jump on your own vision and be like, look, I don't know. I don't have quantities right now, but like, this is, this is my plan. This is how am I going to get there? You need to sell your product in the same way that you would be selling to a, you know, a venture capital or your own customers. You need to do the same pitch to the factories. Like people, I think underestimate the factories a lot. And at the end of the day, without them, you won't be able to do anything unless you're doing them, you know, in your garage, but. Right. Yeah. Wow. No, I, 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 there was a show I remember watching. It's based in New York. I think it's called How to Make It in America. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen that show, it's such a good show. Uh, it's, I think it was on HBO. You can find it on Amazon, too. Okay. Uh, and it's basically the, the journey of these two guys from New York trying to create a gene company. Uh, and they, they deal with like trying to find the manufacturer, the supplier, how to create the first sample. And so I imagine uh, your first sample, was that probably the hardest thing in the world to do? <laughs> It was so bad, Philip. You have no idea. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, I moved a couple of months ago to a new apartment, and I was like, "What am I doing with this?" And then I, I struggled. I'm like, "Should I keep it or not?" And then they, I ended up like donating it because I'm like, "It's so bad." Um, it, you know, it, it's easier if you actually contact factories that are local so you can go and see the whole process and, you know, try, touch, see, like it, it would be much better. My, but my factory is located overseas in India. So in my case, I didn't have that, you know, I want to touch it. So I, they had to send it to New York and then I would send my comments here, send it back. You know, it it was like a longer process. Especially this bag, it was a tote bag, which had like a million different compartments inside. And all of those needed to be very, you know, in order to fit a computer and this and that. And everything had to be very uh, millimetric, basically. So that was hard in the beginning. Um, but once you get that, then then it's just, it's just like, you know, it works on its own. It's kind of like the sample is the most difficult part and it's the most expensive part as well. Gotcha. New York, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. about New York is expensive. Everything no, I, about New York. I really, really respect your hustle. I'm curious, um, if where do you prefer for people to reach out to you and contact you if they wanted to get a hold of you and, and learn more, maybe see if you have new products or just hear your story more, maybe just follow you? Yeah. So if they have any questions, they can always reach out to my personal email, which is uh, Luciana at dash nyc.com luciana at n-a-i-s-s-a-n-t dash nyc.com that would be my email or they can follow me on social media which is nesant nyc that would be on instagram we have pinterest channel as well and we have youtube no pinterest what's profile yeah Pinterest profile, Pinterest profile and a YouTube yeah. channel. So yeah, everything, everything under uh, Nesad. But yeah, I would, I would love to talk to anyone that, you know, wants to know anything about my personal experience or about the products as well. Yeah. And if there's any photographers listening, I highly recommend you get in touch yes. with Luciana and just collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Yes. Um, really good. That being said, I want to roll out the red carpet for you. Is there anything you want to tell the listener who's either you know, they're either just fans of fashion or they're thinking about fashion career, but 
uh, it, it's really the red carpet for you. If you want to promote anything you're working on, whatever it is, like now's your chance to tell the world. Um, I, I think, I guess I want to say a couple of things before I, I get into, before I jump on the red carpet, I think like anyone that is looking to work into fashion, um, I think always having internships is really, really important. Let's say you don't want to go to fashion school. If you get into any internship, you're going to see actually how, what it is like. And even before jumping into like, okay, I want to do fashion as my bachelor's, you get to see really what's the atmosphere and what are the things that you will be doing. I think if people would have told me before, maybe I wouldn't have gotten into fashion. <laughs> but but um, I think it would be really helpful, especially if you're like young out of high school, I would definitely suggest that. And then I mean, I just launched five months ago. So any support, honestly, would be incredible to talk uh, to tell your friends about my brand. Check, check it out on our website, um, on an Instagram. I think I don't want to brag, but I think we are really into something different here. And besides just the whole um, modular concept that the collection is, is built upon, I think it's really important to know like, the behind the scenes of what we do in the sun. And that's like everything was really thought in into a very circular way regarding sustainability. Even though our products are made out of leather, that some people have their reservations. I did an extensive research about, you know, using PU, which is probably, um, sorry. Um, oh my God, I forgot the word. It's, for an, that. Alternative, it's an alternative leather. Thank yeah, you, yeah. plastic. Yeah. I don't know why I said public, but it's plastic. Um, you know, instead of using, you know, PU versus leather, I, I went on the route of leather, but every single leather that we use is certified by the Leather Working Group, which is an organization around the world that started in, wow. in Europe that makes sure that all the tanneries are compliant with a series of requirements. Um, not only that, our, our linings are 100% um, cotton and they are organic. All the hardware that we use, it's coated with 12 karat gold, which assures that it's going to be, it's, you know, it's not only good quality, but it doesn't scratch and it's going to be good for a very long time. Our packaging is also made out of recycled materials and it's 100% recyclable. So, you know, we have all those like, Little things, but at the end of the day, I think that if you're a company that it's founded in the last, you know, two years or it's about to be, you know, founded, you cannot look away from sustainability. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that that's it. I no, I really respect that. I, I'm actually really excited because you've essentially positioned yourself as a premium product, which is yeah. great because a lot of companies, you know, like fast fashion, right? It's like, it's going to go bad, but no, this is a premium product. That's why you can customize it and pull it apart and it's modular and, you know, switch it out and interchange it between different pieces. And that's why it makes it even more fun to own more of your collection. Uh, I can see the beauty yeah. behind your design. Uh, it's just like you, there's meticulous effort in everything you do. And I think I can see that DNA in your product mm -hmm. itself. It's, it's an extension of who you are, Luciana. And, uh, yeah. I'm very grateful that you were so open and honest about your journey. Uh, and I, and if anybody can help you, you said the best way to do it is to check out your website and spread the word about your product. Yeah. Spreading the word that, that, that's good enough for me. Okay. Awesome. Well, Thanks for stopping by. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was a brief Same. opportunity, but I hope <laughs> this isn't the last time we get a chance to chat. Same. It was a pleasure, Philip. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Blueprint. I hope it was helpful. And as always, I'm open to feedback. Please follow our guest where they directed you to. And also connect with me on LinkedIn. Or you can even get more personal and connect with me on Instagram. Either way, let's network. Let's build. And let me know who else you'd like to hear about. What other industries and professions you're interested in.